Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 880, and we're looking at Hebrews chapter 7, verses 4 through 10. Let's read our passage. Now consider how great this man was. Even Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the plunder to him. The sons of Levi, who receive the priestly office, have a command, according to the law, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brothers and sisters, though they have also descended from Abraham. But the one without this lineage collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. Without a doubt, the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, men who will die receive a tenth. But in the other case, Scripture testifies that he lives. And in a sense, Levi himself, who receives a tenth, has paid a tenth through Abraham, for he was still within his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. This is the book of Hebrews. It's a letter, a written sermon to a group of Jewish Christians. There's persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire, and there's a temptation to fall away from Christianity back into the safety of Judaism. And the author of Hebrews is arguing that that would be a mistake because Christ is superior. He's superior to the angels. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to the Old Testament priesthood. He is the great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, last time he laid out the history of Melchizedek from Genesis 14. That's where Abraham gathered a small army and went and rescued Lot, who had been captured by these invading kings. Abraham defeated them, rescued Lot, and captured a lot of material goods in his victory over these invading kings. Then enter Melchizedek, this mysterious priest king from Salem, and he provides bread and wine for Abraham and his army, and blesses Abraham, and Abraham gives him a tenth of the material he captured. Now we're continuing into the theological meaning of that. Now he's still got a lot to say about Melchizedek, but he says in verse 4, Now consider how great this man was. Who? Melchizedek. Consider how great Melchizedek was. Even Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the plunder to him. Now, Abraham is big in the Old Testament. He's big in the eyes of the Jewish people. He is the ancestor. He is the one that God called to leave his homeland and go to the promised land. And then that was promised to his descendants. Abraham didn't receive it, but it was promised to his descendants. God told him, all this land will be your descendants' land. And your descendants will be so numerous. Abraham and his wife were old, past childbearing age. So he had a miraculous birth of a child to the older parents. And it was all to bring forth God's promise. And so Abraham is huge. And Abraham, as big a deal as he is, gives this tenth to Melchizedek. But just to get a sense of how people view Abraham... When his wife Sarah died, he was trying to secure a burial place from the Hittites. In Genesis 23, verse 6, the Hittites call him Prince of God. That's how he was viewed by the people in the area. 
And in fact, he's even called my friend by God, as referred to in Isaiah 41, 8, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, James 2, 23. This idea that God called him my friend. That's what an important person Abraham is in the biblical record. But the point that the writer of Hebrews is making here is, as big a deal as Abraham is, Melchizedek is greater because Abraham provided this tithe to Melchizedek. Now, verse 5, the sons of Levi who receive the priestly office have a command according to the law to collect the tenth from the people, that is, from their brothers and sisters, though they have also descended from Abraham. So he's talking about the 12 tribes of Israel here. One tribe, the Levites, were set apart to be the servants of God. They were the ones that took care of the tabernacle when it was the tent of meeting. Later, when the temple was built, they took care of the temple. They did all the religious duties as far as setting up, taking down the tabernacle, transporting the tabernacle, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And one of their duties was to collect the tithe, the tenth, that the people brought every year. So you brought a tithe, a tenth of your crop, of your flock, and you brought it to the Levites, the one tribe of Israel. But within the tribe of Israel are the priests, and these are the descendants of Aaron. Remember, Moses and Aaron are from the tribe of Levi. Well, the descendants of Aaron are the priests. And so this tithe that was collected from all the tribes of Israel, a tenth of that was given to the priests. So they got a tithe of a tithe. And the point the author's making here is that all of Israel, even though they're all brothers and sisters, give this tenth to the Levites. And he goes on in verse 6. But the one without this lineage collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. So two things here to, with Melchizedek and Abraham. One is Melchizedek blessed Abraham and Abraham gave this tenth to Melchizedek. And he explains it in verse 7. Without a doubt, the inferior is blessed by the superior. So he's saying because Melchizedek received the tithe and because Melchizedek provided the blessing, right there says Melchizedek is superior to Abraham. Verse 8. In the one case, men who will die receive a tenth. But in the other case, Scripture testifies that he lives. So men who will die, he's referring to the priests here, the Old Testament priests, the descendants of Aaron. They served until age 50, then they no longer served as active priests, and then they died. Everybody dies. And so his point is that their priesthood is a limited time during this time that they're active as priests. Then they grow old. And then he says, Scripture testifies that he lives. This is referring to this whole thing he went through earlier, that Melchizedek has no genealogy, no beginning or end. He's just there. Now, as he's saying, Melchizedek never died. Some believe that's what he is saying, and that's why they say things like Melchizedek was a Christophany, a pre-incarnation appearance of Christ. 
I, I don't go that far. I think he's more referring to this idea like in Psalm 110, where he says to the Messiah, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Not so much that Melchizedek himself as a person lives on, but this priesthood lives on. And it's not a priesthood of lineage. It's a priesthood of assignment by God. And so hundreds of years after this event with Abraham and Melchizedek, when Psalm 110 is written, you still have this idea of the Melchizedek priesthood. That's still living. In verse 9, and in a sense, Levi himself, who received a tenth, has paid a tenth through Abraham, for he was still within his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Now, he's not speaking biology here. He's speaking lineage and descendants in that Abraham is the ancestor of Levi, and so Abraham paying the tenth. That's really the same as Levi paying the tenth to Melchizedek. Now, the whole thing here, his point is straightforward. Melchizedek is superior to Abraham. Therefore, Melchizedek is superior to Levi. So Melchizedek as a priest is superior to the priests of the Old Testament. Aaronic priesthood. And that is his point. Fairly easy to understand what he's saying here. The hard part, even the strange part, is this idea of still lives. He says he's declared to still live, or scripture testifies that he lives. He's not saying he's still alive, but this declaration that he lives. And it's hard to wrap your mind around what uh, person explained it as, okay, remember, Melchizedek is kind of a picture of what Christ will be. It's not that Christ comes like Melchizedek. It's Melchizedek comes kind of like Christ will come. And so the thinking is Christ is a priest forever. Christ is a priest like Melchizedek. Therefore, Melchizedek is a priest forever. Therefore, he's alive. It's a little nebulous, hard to understand, but I think that's just the line of reasoning that the author of Hebrews is taking here. But don't get caught up in that part and lose the main point. The main point here is these Jewish Christians are thinking about falling back into Judaism. And Judaism is all about Abraham. Judaism is then participating in the regular sacrifices performed by the priests as the intermediaries between people and God. And all this is leading up to Christ is the intermediary between people and God, because Christ is the great high priest forever from the order of Melchizedek. And he's just using Melchizedek, I think, as this example of the Old Testament priesthood, descendants of Aaron. That's not the end all. Look back before that. You have this Melchizedek guy who Abraham actually pays tithes to that is blessed by Melchizedek. And, and so you have this strange priest king, king of righteousness, king of peace person interacting with Abraham. That's all pointing towards Christ, that there's something bigger afoot than just the physical descendants of Abraham. The 
Old Testament priesthood. There's a bigger deal coming, and that is Christ. He is the final intermediary between people and God. And in that function as priest, he provides the sacrifice necessary to bridge that gap, to bring about reconciliation between sinful people and holy God. And this whole argument is to show that Christ, what Christ has done, who Christ is, is superior to anything you're going to find in Judaism. It's got a lot more to say about this whole idea, theology of Melchizedek. But remember, the whole argument behind it is Christ is superior. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews.